Turn in your Bible, please, to Galatians chapter 2. Thank you so much, Brother Chris, and the quartet, and the choir, and everybody who has sung tonight. has been wonderful, and we're so thrilled to see you here. We appreciate our visitors being present, and each one. Very brief message tonight from Galatians, the last part of the chapter, beginning in verse 15. Brother Eric, or Brother Teddy, read this a little while ago, and I appreciate the way he read it. God bless you, Teddy. We who are Jews by nature are not sinners of the Gentiles. Now try to keep in mind, he is not saying the Jews are not sinners, but he says we're not sinners like the Gentiles. In other words, the Jews tried to keep the law, Ten Commandments. They had those oracles. The Gentiles had nothing. They cared not how they lived. They sort of live like America lives today. The Jews that are in America, that are Orthodox, have certain laws they live by. And you might say they're not sinners like the Gentiles. That is, they don't do the same things. Not because they're saved, but because they live by certain standards. But the Bible concludes Jew and Gentile as sinners. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so Paul hastens to say in verse 16, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, whether he be Jew or Gentile, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, now, isn't that interesting, that word order? By the faith of Jesus. We often speak of our putting our faith in Christ. That is impossible unless he gives us that faith to place in him. Sometimes that's a difficult uh, spiritual truth to get. But he goes on to say, uh, by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ, not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. And here he is holding up a high standard for believers. Already in this chapter, He's reminded us again and again that we're not saved by rational thinking. Rational thinking would say, well, if we do a bunch of good things, God will get, we'll get, earn some favor with God. And Paul says that's not true at all. Uh, God isn't, doesn't weigh our good things against our bad things. He lines us all up, puts Jesus there, and says, are any of you as good as Jesus? And Jesus went to the cross and bore our sins in his own body, and he died. He took the hell that you and I deserve. And when we place our trust in Christ, the Holy Spirit, as Brother Chris sang, the Comforter, moves into our heart and gives us the faith to believe Christ. We're saved just like that. We're born again. Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot see he cannot comprehend. He cannot understand the kingdom of God. This is the reason you cannot be saved by human rationale. I'll do the best I can. For years I've heard people say, well, I just do the best I can. The problem is 
none of us can do anything that honors Christ. By the deeds of the flesh shall no flesh be justified. We're not, God doesn't say, well, you're better than this guy and you're better than this guy and you're so good, I'll take you to heaven and this guy over here, he isn't so good, so I'll send him to hell. He didn't like that at all. We all deserve hell. There's no exception. All have sinned. The most dignified lady, the most businesslike, successful man deserves hell. Unless we have repented of sin and put our faith in Christ and the Holy Spirit has drawn us. And the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so we're saved by grace through faith. Verse 18, for if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. And he is reminding us that even though we're saved by faith, the faith of Christ, we're justified. That means just as if we had never sinned in God's sight. You take your sins to Jesus and confess them to him and ask him to cleanse you and forgive you and save you. He does it. Two or three days later, you come and say, Lord, I want to confess that sin. What sin are you talking about? Well, that sin I told you about the other day. I don't have any record of it. It's all canceled by the blood. It's under the blood. Now, sin does break fellowship, but it doesn't break relationship. It never breaks relationship. When you were born into the family that received you, if you were born a natural son or daughter, you'll always be the son or daughter of that person. Now some are adopted, and that is even more of a spiritual term. There are some people that are adopted into a family. And one of the interesting things about it being adopted, you can't ever be disinherited. And the Bible says that God adopts us into the family of God through what Jesus did on the cross. Well, let's go on. Verse 19, For I through the law am dead to the law that I might live unto God. And now we get to the heart of this chapter, the last few verses. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live, yet not I but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. We explained this morning that Galatians, the book of Galatians was written to those cities like Lystra and Derby and Iconium in the, the section of Asia Minor that was designated Galatia. There was Northern Galatia and Southern Galatia. And many believe that Paul also ministered in, in Northern Galatia. We have the record in Acts that he came to a certain point and wanted to go to Bithynia, which is a little bit north, and the Spirit said, no, you go west. He went to Troas and took the gospel across the Aegean Sea into Europe into Macedonia, if you will. And the area we're reading about in the papers every day 
deals with this area where Paul took the gospel into Macedonia. Dalmatia was the biblical name for Yugoslavia. And so we're reading in the paper day by day by day land areas that are mentioned in the scripture. There have always been problems there and the problems seem to multiply. Well, Paul was, uh, had, had preached salvation by grace through faith, nothing added, nothing subtracted. And the Judaizers came along and said, it's, not, it's all well and good to trust in Christ, but that's not enough. You have to add the law to it. If a Gentile wants to become a Christian, he needs to be a Jew. And then he can be a Christian Jew because Christianity is of the Jews. And he had the support. The Bible says again and again to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The point he was misunderstanding is Jesus never said to Nicodemus, to Peter, James, John, to any of the others, you must become a Jew in order to go to heaven. Not one time is that said. Never. Now, in our day, we don't really deal with that a whole lot. Most people don't, know, don't think you have to become a Jew to be saved. But wait a minute. There are groups that teach you can trust Christ, that's good, but you also have to be baptized. I believe every saved person ought to be baptized. I don't believe there's any exception to that. But that baptism isn't going to save you. It doesn't add one thing to your, to your salvation except obedience. It says, I'm obeying Christ. He told me to do it. If I don't do it, I'm being disobedient. I need to be baptized, but not in order to get to heaven. And others add some other things. They said, well, now, if you don't quit this and this and this and this and start something else, you're not going to go to heaven. Beloved, nobody believes in biblical standards more than I do. I don't believe God's people ought to smoke. That's not going to send you to hell. It may send somebody else. It may make you smell like you've been there and come back. I don't believe God's people ought to drink liquor or beer or wine or any of the other. But you don't go to hell because you do that. Nor do you go to heaven because you quit it. I've talked to many, many alcoholics about their salvation. They say, well, I was saved in such and such a time. And I say, well, what happened? I quit drinking. Well, what happened inside? Well, nothing really happened inside. I just quit drinking. God saved me from drinking. Well, that's good, but that isn't salvation. We're saved by grace through faith, putting our faith in Christ. And when Christ comes in, he leads us to do something about it. Now, notice these other things. Paul was very, very clear in presenting to the Galatians the picture of what happens after you get saved. Nobody in the entire Bible preaches it more straight than Paul. He says without any apology at all, you are not saved by how good you are. You're not saved by what you give up. But after you are saved, you have a responsibility before God to know that you're living an exchanged life. And so Paul said, I am living the exchanged life, the different life. I'm living the life filled with the Holy Spirit. I am living the crucified life. I die daily. In order to be saved? No, no, no. In order to win others. 
in in order to have a strong testimony for Christ. I die daily, day by day by day. If the only thing that ever happened to you was you got saved on August the 4th, uh, 1970, and that's all that's ever happened to you, friend, you're carnal. If you didn't start dying daily to the old lusts of the flesh and the lust of the mind and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, Paul said, I die daily. And then he comes to that climax verse, verse 20. And many of you know it and memorized it. He said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Notice the ingredients of that Christ-filled life. Number one, he said, I'm crucified with Christ. When Jesus died on the cross and I come to him retroactively, I come and give my sins to Christ. And I was there. The song says, Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there? If you've come to Jesus and trusted him, you were there. Your sins were placed on him. We have nothing to brag about. I'm not saved because I joined the church. I'm saved because Christ died for me. He took the hell. He took the, all the guilt of sin that I deserved, and he died for me. And Paul said, I'm crucified with him. That's a spiritual truth that only the Holy Spirit can show us. I wish I had more graphic ways of presenting it to you. But please remember, if you were not crucified with Christ, you're not saved. But Paul went on to say, not only was I crucified with him, I also die daily because the old nature wants to get the upper hand all the time. Secondly, he said, I am dead, but I live. I am dead, but I live. That is, when I went to the cross, I died to the old life. I died to myself. I am dead, but I still live. And then he adds, and the life that I now live, I live by the faith, my faith, because I'm pretty strong. Know what he says? The life that I now live, boy, I'm so proud of my faith. I'm so proud of my humility. (laughs) No, no, no. Paul says, I don't have anything to brag about at all. The life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. I live by His faith. Now, folks, when we live by His faith, there are going to be some changes in our lives. The closer you get to the Lord, the closer the searchlight comes on our own lives. There's a little pamphlet written many years ago, others may, but you cannot. Some can do certain things, some can pull strings, some can live low lives, some can mess their lives all up and still think okay. But that little pamphlet said, you can't do that. You know why you can't do that? Because the Holy Spirit won't let you. The Comforter has come. He dwells in your heart. He gives you heart trouble. 
Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet, not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Isn't that wonderful? Now, we want to think for just a moment about two questions. Number one, what was our life like before we came to Christ? Paul says, the life that I now live. What was it like before we came to Christ? Filled with sin, filled with desires of the flesh, filled with gossip and meringuing and all kinds of, of, of evil concupiscence. He said, uh, that's the way it was. And for some Christians, it's still like that. Some people, as we approach the summer, please don't get mad at me, but if you do, thank you anyway. Ladies, don't wear lustful-looking clothes so that men lust after you. Don't do that. That's wickedness. And you may say, well, everybody does it. I see it on television. I see it in the, everywhere you go, you see it, and I see it out at the places and out in town, town and all that. So What? When did the Bible tell us to get our standards from America or from Hollywood or from the television? Go back to the Word of God. Get it from the Word. The Word of God says, who can find a virtuous woman? Guys, the same thing with you. There's so many guys that talk low and uh, talk fleshly all the time and, and their minds are in the gutter and anybody makes any kind of joke or something, they immediately run to some gutter thing and they laugh and giggle all about it. That's because your mind's in the wrong place. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live the life that I now live. What was it like? And then, what is it like today? The life that I now live in the flesh. Everyone in this room is living a life in the flesh. We're still here. We haven't died yet. There's not one of us who physically has died and is in heaven or hell. We're not there yet. There's still a chance. If you're here and you've never been saved, there's an opportunity for you to come to Christ. If you're here and you are saved, there's an opportunity for you to turn around. You don't have to live a wasted life. Wasted life, wasted life. Oh, how tragic to think here's somebody that could have been a somebody and they lived a nobody's life for the kingdom of God. Years ago, Thomas Gray wrote a poem in a country churchyard in England. He stopped beside an unmarked mound and he wrote these words. Perhaps in this neglected spot is laid some heart once pregnant with celestial fire. Hands that the rod of empire might have swayed or waked to ecstasy the living lyre. Out at Fairview, over at Bowling Green Gardens, out of the Chapel Hill, all the cemeteries around Warren County and Bowling Green, there are people buried there whose spirit is in hell tonight or whose life was wasted, just wasted. It's like taking a piece of white paper, gobbling it up and throwing it away. 
A lot of people have done that with their lives. I want to plead with you tonight. Don't run the risk of a wasted life. See how close you can get to the heart of the Savior and let Jesus fill you with himself. The life that I now live. What was it like before? What is it like today? You think what it's going to be like in the future. Someday we will be like him. Living in sweet accord. Living with Christ in glory. Jesus, our wonderful Lord. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but when we shall see him, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath his hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. The life that I now live is a preparation for all eternity. And Paul closes this wonderful chapter by saying, I do not frustrate the grace of God. I do not make void the grace of God. God's done something marvelous in my life, and I'm going to demonstrate it and really live it and honor Christ with my life. Please keep in mind, years ago, we had a person in our church they sort of quit coming. I had preached against dancing, and they went out and said, well, the preacher says, if you dance, you're going to hell. I didn't say that. Of course I didn't. But you make somebody else go to hell by your dancing. Or you act like you're on your way to hell because a dancing toe and a praying knee don't go on the same leg. You live like the world, and you're going to be classed as the world. Our standards do not come from Hollywood or television. They come from the wonderful Word of God. So Paul said, I do not frustrate. I'm not going to make void the grace of God. God's grace to me has been wonderful. Wonderful. We're saved by grace through faith. Marvelous grace of our loving Lord. Grace that exceeds my sin and my guilt. Yonder on Calvary's mount outpoured there where the blood of the Lamb was spilled. Grace. Grace. I do not frustrate that grace by living a low life. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now you think in just one chapter, Paul is dealing with how to be saved and how to live the exchange life. Both. Sometimes we think, well, preacher, just preach on the how to be saved and Everything else take care of itself. No, it won't. We're not sharp enough to get that. We need to preach on the exchanged life. And the exchanged life is Galatians 2.20. The crucified life. The life after we're saved. Remember that we're saved by grace through faith. Someday the silver cord will break and I no more as now shall sing. But oh, the joy when I shall wake within the palace of my king and I shall see him face to face and tell the story saved by grace. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for this wonderful truth from the word of God. Help us to put it in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives, and help us to live it. We pray if there's one person here tonight without Christ, that the spirit of God will draw that one to Jesus and this will be a night of salvation. In Christ's name, amen. Let's stand, please. What song? 361, Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior.
Hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. Now let me ask you something. Many of the people in this room tonight are saved. You're on your way to heaven. Do you want to run the risk of a wasted life? Wasted years? Wasted years? You see, we're responsible for what we hear. We've heard all that singing tonight about Jesus and heaven and all those wonderful truths. You're responsible for that. I am. We all are. What are we going to do about it? Let's determine tonight to get as close to the Savior as we possibly can and determine ahead of time, I'm not going to frustrate the grace of God. Now, folks, when we decide that, listen, when you go out with people that want to drink, you've already made up your mind. I'm not going to drink. I don't have to decide on the spur of the moment. I'm just not going to do it. You get involved with somebody and uh, the, the appetites of the old nature get, uh, sort of get the best of you and you determine, well, I'll tell you, uh, I love him or I love her. And after all, a little sex won't hurt. Listen, you decide ahead of time, I'm not going to do that. Because God doesn't want me to. I'm just not going to do it. Period. You have to decide these things ahead of time. That's what Paul meant when he said, I do not frustrate the grace of God. God's grace is good, and I'm going to live it. Just because I'm saved by grace doesn't mean I have a license to sin. I'm going to serve Christ and live for Him. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. If you're here tonight and you're not saved, I ask you to come to Christ just as you are. If you are saved and God has spoken to you about any matter, you do what God tells you to do. Maybe kneel at the altar. Maybe come with a prayer request. Or just make right where you are. Make a quiet resolve. I'm going to not frustrate the grace of God. I'm crucified with Christ. God bless you as we sing.